Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Will in Arizona, thanks for holding her on the air. First off, I am a Prison TV Planet member. Awesome, brother. Go ahead and into your points, and I'll hold you over if need be. Um, if you really want to have an unbridged idea of what is going on today, look at, uh, it's actually a YouTube video, but it's a, it's a documentary, uh, Adolf Hitler, uh, The Greatest Story Never Told. He actually kicked out a lot of the bankers because they were trying to implode Germany after World War I. And it was the bankers. And when I was watching that, it was five hours long. And I started listening and saying to myself, wait a minute, They're, they are just repeating history, but because we are so dumbed down in the sense of our historical knowledge. Well, I haven't seen the documentary you're talking about, uh, but uh, people can, I guess, check it out for themselves. In the very well-made, excellent and moving documentary called Adolf Hitler, The Greatest Story Never Told. I want you to do something for me as well, and I would really appreciate it. Before you listen to this interview, I want you to watch the documentary. I know you want to listen to this program right away, but if you haven't already seen it, I want you to stop this program right now and go watch the documentary first. And I'm adamant about watching the documentary because one of the biggest hurdles that the majority of people seem to have, they're basically just kind of set in their ways and they argue that they already know everything that they need to know concerning this topic. Well, I can promise you, people, you don't know one-tenth of it. I seriously had a panic attack after I watched that documentary, The Greatest Story Never Told. And for days afterward, I was really shook, shook up. It, was, it had such a profound impact on me, and, and everything started making so much sense, and I felt so... I mean, I've always felt kind of betrayed by, by the powers that be, but I felt more betrayed than ever. And mm -hmm. I started and I started looking back on my entire life and yep. looking back at all the movies that I'd seen. I just couldn't believe it. I thought if they could pull off this, then anything is possible. Anything. Yeah. You know, and uh, that one, you know, I would encourage anybody watching this or listening to this to, to watch that hasn't seen that documentary to watch it and you can go with, back with and, an open mind uh, open mind and listen to that interview that you did with um, Dennis Wise recently but that's most likely what, what got us censored from iTunes by the way too that show yeah well that uh, shows it, what we're not allowed to talk about it's just yeah, it's yeah, off actually. limits you know that, and that's what when I was going through that sort of panic attack re realization that was it that, that was the that was the big red flag I was like oh my god like of course of course we're not being told the truth because we're not allowed to talk about this issue. When you're not allowed to talk about something, then that's that's like the red flag right there. If it's off yeah. limits, then that's 
the thing you need to talk about the most. And, to, and the rule to remember is that history is written by the winner. I can promise you, people, you don't know one-tenth of it. All right, everybody, Joseph Gibson here, podcasting here on Understanding the Times, Restoring Our Republic. Um, I'm just doing a show here tonight. I asked Adam to come on. Uh, he he's, said he has to pick up his boys, so he's, he's going to probably join me here in a little bit. Uh, come on, and uh, he'll come on, and, uh, and we're going to have a conversation here, uh, talk about some some things that uh, have been going on. And uh, this is nothing new, uh, people being murdered by the police, uh, pulled over. Um uh, I don't have any uh, up-to-date information on that, um, what, had ha- what has happened there with that particular case. But this is, an, you know, this, this is, goes on a lot more. Just for, for some reason, this case was, as, as in, you know, the, the, it, it, got, it grabbed more at- attention because uh, there was a case just a couple months ago where uh, a, a female actually was pulled over and she was gunned down. She actually lived, um, but uh, same, same type of situation. I'm not going to give out her name. Um, but it was kept quiet. It was not, you know, it was it was, it was it happened in uh, Oklahoma actually, so it was kept quiet. And um, you know, so this happens. But this case is now, you know, is, is 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 you know all over the place. And we're talking about this. And so how? So what? What do you do? You know, we talk about this all the time on this podcast show when we interact with the police or or we we talked about this driver's license thing many times. H- hardcore debates on here. Uh, I remember talking to Mike Singer down in Florida about it. Uh, matter of fact, actually, we just finished doing a lot of stuff about this, talking about this driver's license, license plate thing. His son was just pulled over, actually, a few months ago and taken and hauled off to jail. Uh, and they you know, tried to rip his arm off and handcuff him and, and kept him overnight in jail and uh, impounded his car. So now now this, this poor kid, 25 years old, poor kid, um, gunned down. Shot 12, 13 times. Uh, uh, most of the shots come through the passenger side window, you know, because because they're, they're, they're so scared of their own shadow. These bat faggots, and uh, and that's what they are, bat faggots. New world order, jackboot thugs. And I don't want to hear they're oh, just doing their job, just doing their job. Get a different job then, because if that's what your job entails for you to do, then you're a traitor to the republic, a traitor. Simple as that. And that's a fact. And I don't care who gets offended by it. Don't really care. Um, I've, I've had my share. Of, it was uh, what, a year and a half ago where I was kidnapped, you know, thrown in jail for 17 days, handcuffed to a great floor, kicked in the head, had a concussion. Had to have a couple of patriots drive down from up north, bomb me out of jail. You know, so uh, it's happened to me. Um, you know, and some people say, well, you know, you shouldn't be fighting, let them go. You know, you got to handle things you're doing. Well, no, no, no. They should not be interacting with me. They should not be harassing me. Just like this poor kid. Why was he pulled over? And the corporate news media said it was because of a license plate. He had a, 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 a no tag or, or expired tag or something like that. I, I forgot what they said. Uh, they call him a sovereign citizen, of course. You know, I, which you know, because they, they got that tainted that word, and I don't like calling anyone that sovereign citizen. You know, you just you, you are you're an American citizen who just wants to be free and left alone. What it, the hell is wrong with that, man? But today, that's 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 dangerous. And anyone who wants to chip in in the conversation here tonight, who wants to talk and add anything, 
or wants to talk about this or talk about your own situation, yeah, you can remain anonymous. You don't have to give your name. Nobody's going to know it. Uh, call in 657-383-0616 and just hit one on your phone when you get through, and uh, a blue thing will pop up here on the screen, and I'll connect you live on screen, unedited. And you can talk about your situation. Uh, or if you want to comment about this particular case and what has happened here. And I know the FBI and everybody's out there listening and they're watching because they're looking. And they're, and YouTube's out there. The YouTube police are out there with, uh, when, on the videos that they put up. They're, they're monitoring the comments and then they're uh, you know jotting down the information and re, uh, ripping down most of them. So, you know, we know how they work, right? We know how, what they do. We know, how this op- we know how this works, right? We know how it works. We know what the deal is. We've been talking about this for so long now. But so I ask this to many of you out there. This kid was interested in the law. that I've spoken with him before. Um, young, he, he was, you know, re- doing his research, doing his thing, like many other young patriots out there doing, coming to find, you know, learning that everything is a big, fat lie, which it is. And uh, it's all twisted. Codes and statutes are all twisted to mean one thing, say another, but it, but it really means this when they go to court. If you hang it, okay? <laughs> Excuse me. And, and that's what it is. There's no common law. There's no common law anymore. There's no common sense. And we've been trying to address that the past couple shows. And, and, and we've got to fix this. We've got to. We've got to fix this lawfully and peacefully before anyone else gets hurt or any other lives get lost, man. Come on. How many more people have to suffer? How many more people have to be kidnapped? Just yesterday, Rockingham County, my jail here, right in my county, female prisoner dead. She was detoxing most likely. They wouldn't give a reason why, why she pet to die, but she's dead. They said it wasn't suicide. Dead. Why? When it could be stopped. It could be stopped. They're kidnapped. These people are kidnapped. It's it's just sad. It really is. It's sad. I'm going to pull up the article for everyone here. On the... uh, This uh, this, uh, murder... That's what just what it was murder, but tonight they did a uh, they held a uh, uh, a candlelight vigil uh, at 3 p.m. at the Farmington Post Office in memory of Chase Allen's murder. <laughs> Excuse me. The goal is to uh, the uh, the goal is to each bring uh, 10 other people and have a massive show of support. Hopefully that worked out today for him. Well, I think it was today. That's what they were, they were talking about next Sunday. One of the others did, didn't give me a date on this. I got this message. Uh, it will be peaceful. More information will be given at the vigil. It is not suggested to carry your geo-tracking uh, locator <laughs> to public events. Farmington Post Road, Office 145 East State Street, Farmington, Utah. Okay? You know, uh, this person sent me a message. says, I just got off the phone with Chase Allen's mother. She received a call from the medical examiner today. Chase's death certificate reads, and will never change, that his death is the, is the result of homicide. Homicide. Corporate news media won't tell you that, right? 
Oh, boy. All right. All right. I'm asking, we're asking everybody to get your uh, message also get Paul. Call 801-451-5453. I'll do my part. I'll give him a call here in a second. Police brutality and unlawful murder. 25-year-old Chase Allen during a traffic stop, according to police, deadly force was exercised after Chase refused to get out of his vehicle. It is said that evidence exists. What evidence? I don't know. Evidence exists that proves that the police officers involved in the homicide requested their body cams to be turned off prior to pulling him over. Why? Why would they do that? Was this a targeted attack against an American state national? Received, uh, I received witness testimony by another state national last night that he and others have been unlawfully harassed by mafia-like brotherhood of corrupt judges and police officers simply for standing on their God-given rights to, to the point they had to flee to another state to escape being targeted. I know that feeling. Chase's mother is in touch with Bobby Lawrence. If you'd like to uh, donate, see the uh, image with the uh, Vimo information. There's a link here. Um, it's all over the news out there. So, again, we know that we've been talking about these things happening, and now it's happened again. <sighs> what? What? Next? We're just going to keep allowing this to happen? What's going to change? That's why I tell people what's going to change. Wait, when enough people have enough, well, how many has already not had enough? How many people? Does, what, 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 what more does have to be done? You had all this brought in court. You can't win in court. They shoot you down. Nobody ever wins. You know, I got into arguments with a lot of these guys on this on this stuff. You're not going to win. They keep shooting. You know, we did this. Remember uh, people on the show here a couple weeks ago with the Republic, remember? Big, big ordeal with that. They said they, they got, they're going to have a special ID card. When they get pulled over, they can tell the cops go to hell. Yeah, okay. I've been hearing that for 22 years now. The special ID cards that are going to come out. Never got one. Never happened. But supposedly they're coming out. They're going through the process. How long does the process take? It's been 22 years for me. You know? I mean, come on. It's a lot of fees, a lot of driver's license I've had to buy. So, you know, what the, what's the deal here, man? So uh, anybody here want to join the conversation here tonight? I don't know if Sarge is out there tonight. I'd like to, to ask so Sarge. He called him to the show. He's, like, he's a retired state trooper. I'd like to get his take on this, this pull, because he's pulled a lot of people over in his day. He's retired now, of course. He's a retired veteran, too, on the Army National Guard, I believe, fought a Vietnam vet. Uh, I don't know if you're out there listening, Sarge. He, he's, uh, Six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press one, and uh, I'd like to get you in on this conversation first, if I can. Discuss this. Uh, uh, what's the protocol here? What's the procedure when you're pulling people over? Are police supposed to be turning off their body cam first? Are they supposed to be sending messages amongst each other to turn off their body cams before they before they uh? Uh, uh, pull this, uh, pull somebody over, like a little gang. I mean, I don't think that's the proper photo protocol. But you know, whoever's out there, you gotta give me a call, please. I'd like to see Sarge give me a call first. There's a couple of people on the phone line here tonight. Nobody's putting their hands up yet. There we go. There you go. There he is. I think. 
All right, this might be Sarge, right? Let's get you on, Sarge. Then I'm going to call the Utah Police Department. So uh, let's get uh, Sarge on here. I think this is going to be him. Go ahead, Sarge. Hey, Joe. Uh, Yeah, you're asking very pertinent questions, and I think they deserve uh, some examination. So, sure, uh, have at it. Um, Look, I retired slightly before the age of uh, body-worn cameras was a big thing. But I've stayed in touch with a lot of my colleagues, and every police department has its own regulations on how and when body cameras are supposed to be activated. But um, I can tell you that uh, as a general rule, during a critical incident response, and one that is likely to be critical, you're definitely not supposed to turn them off. Okay. So they violate policy then by doing that automatically. Off the oh, I don't know. I have to see what that department's policy is and also what the laws of the state they're working in might have to be, but it's certainly possible they may have. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if they did, let's just say if it was a policy that they weren't supposed to turn them off, what does that mean? Well, if you're talking about a police regulation, the worst that can happen to them is some sort of disciplinary punishment because regulations, police regulations, not necessarily have the force of law. Now, if it's involved with another crime, uh, uh-huh. it can be used as part of the case to show some sort of official malfeasance. The fact that they turn them off is uh, one more indication that the reason they were turned off was to prevent the recording of some sort of police misconduct. But in of, in and of itself, if it's only a police regulation, the only punishment that can accrue from that is that they have faced some sort of uh, internal police uh, disciplinary action, probably up to and including discharge from service. Or, or discharge from service with pay. Look, you got remember you got almost seventeen thousand police departments in the United States. You know they're not all exactly the same. They're similar, they're yeah, on. in many respects, but then they're just they're just not well, all the same. But, you got but, but, but pretty but wide but, but, variance but, but, in policy. Sarge, but yes. when it comes to murder, when it comes to murder, I don't care if there's a hundred thousand police departments. Murder is a big thing. There's a wife is once in a shot. You know. <laughs> There's not 17,000... Well, yeah, obviously, if they murdered this man, then, yeah, they're criminals, and they need to face the full wrath of the judicious. In fact, even more so, because police officers are definitely not supposed to murder anybody. The only question I have is, what is the evidence to show that that was the case? Well, they say they turned off their body cams. That's what I... That's what You heard me just read right there, so obviously we're not going to have any evidence but the testimony of the police. I'm sure he had... This, this this kid was smart in the law, well-versed, and when he was pulled over, he recorded the interactions with the police. We've seen all the videos where these First Amendment audits or these, these uh, sovereign citizens do that. Uh, so he's done this before. So I'm sure he was recording, but we know where that has gone now. That's gone probably somewhere, thrown in the garbage, and, and another Hillary Clinton job smashed in, into a million pieces, you know. So... <laughs> Look, I can tell you right now that uh, simply turning off the body cam, while that may be some sort of uh, actionable uh, um, uh, situation, turning off the body cam is definitely not going to be evidence of murder. You've got to come up with more than that. I mean, you're going to convict him in a court of law. 
Now, it might not, it might, if you want to just get a mob, just get these officers and enforce some vigilante justice on them, well, you don't need anything but the fact that they turned off their police cameras. But if you want to take a court of law, you got to have a lot more than just that. But why Why is a motorist shot, Sarge? Why? Why is a motorist shot? I mean, it makes no sense. Well, I mean, he's, he's pulled over, so he's pulled over, so they're interacting with him first. Why are you pulling them over to begin with? I don't know. Because why do people have to well, be pulled over? Why? Why? Well, well Joe, I'm going to tell you right now. This is just the bottom line here. Bottom line. There is no justification to use deadly force on any human being when you're a law enforcement officer in the United States other than an imminent threat to your life, a reasonable perception that there is an imminent threat to your life or or serious bodily harm from the actions of the person you shoot. There is no other legal justification for it, period, end of story. So the question is whether or not that gentleman that was shot did something that would give those officers a reasonable perception that they needed to shoot him to death. So they had this from the passenger side of the car, mind you, 13 times. So, you know... See, they could run away, the cops, obviously. You guys get I me. Mean, if you're standing on the passenger side of the car, you know, with your guns drawn, it's quite clear that you could run away, Sarge. You know, I can kind of get out of here. I'm not in danger. You know what I mean? No, I'm saying the police officer doesn't have a duty to retreat in the face of an imminent deadly physical threat. There's no requirement that the officer retreat, at least not yeah. from any Supreme Court ruling. I mean, I, I mean, I understand there are any number of things. Look, I rather than shoot an individual to death in an alley who pulled a knife on me, which I was seriously considering for a split second, I saw a mattress up, lying up against the wall in the alley. I picked up the mattress, and I charged him and knocked him down with the mattress. And I got him into custody without having to kill him. But believe me, if that mattress hadn't been in there, I would have shot him to death, or shot him at least. Yeah. Sure, so, I mean, I understand sure. that you can use any number of tactics to bring somebody into custody. So, and you should. You should always try to do it in a way that is not required to take somebody's life. Always. You should always strive to. But you should not do that at the expense of putting yourself at risk if you don't feel, if you feel that taking a lesser stand might cause you to get seriously injured. I was very confident in my physical abilities, very confident. That's why I did it. If, if I hadn't have been as confident, I would have used my firearm. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's understandable. Uh, well, I'm gonna try giving this. Uh, you don't have to say anything. You can stay quiet for now until we until I get off the phone with him. But I'm gonna like give him a call here. You know, uh, this this they, they said give him a call and find out what's going on. So you know, I'll do my part. You know me. I'm always willing to to uh, do my part here. I, I I'm pretty well, sure like probably know circumstances of this case, though, Joe. I mean, you know. I don't know anything at all about it. I'm completely agnostic on whether these cops had the right to use deadly force. They should probably should yeah, turn yeah, off yeah. their body-worn cameras. And I'll agree with you, that is problematic and suspicious. But in and of itself, it ain't enough. you got to come up with something more than that, either by the forensic well, evidence, some inconsistencies in the officer's statements, because I know they had to write up an official report. They're probably going to de- be deposed by some official inquiry. What, what state did this happen in? Utah. Well, well, let me read you the article right here real quick. I don't know how much you heard of it. It's a police brutal uh, – well, uh, I, hang on. Let me get the article up, not what somebody commented. Let me read the article. 
Um, you get the uh, family of man shot by officers. So, you know, you're a member of the public. That's what you see anyway most of the time. The family of man shot by officers in Farmington says police are stonewalling them. Okay, Farmington, the family of Chase Allen, a 25-year-old man who was shot and killed by Farmington police officers Wednesday, expressed frustration as they say police will not give them information. We have learned more from media coverage about what occurred than anywhere else uh, right now, the Allen family said in a statement late Thursday. Police are stonewalling us. Officers claim it was a routine traffic stop, yet the officer requested multiple other officers to the scene a couple blocks prior to the stop. Family members said this resulted in the brutal murder of Chase at the hands of five Farmington police officers, with with them shooting him while he was still in his automobile and likely terrified for his safety. Farmington police said an officer stopped a car without a license plate at 3.22 p.m., so it's in the afternoon, Wednesday, near the Farmington post office. Police said the driver became noncompliant, causing the officer to request backup. A confrontation ensued. Police said, but they have not provided additional details, including whether the man had a weapon or was specifically prompted officers to fire the weapon. The police department has said it will release additional details after the investigation is complete. Um, uh, During an attempt to remove the driver from the vehicle, shots were fired and the driver was injured. Farmington police said in a statement late Wednesday, the driver was removed from the vehicle and medical aid was rendered by officers on scene. Allen was then taken to a hospital where he was pronounced dead later Wednesday. The family said the officer shot uh, shot 12-plus rounds at Allen while he was in the car with the engine still running and the lights on. Photos from the area of the post office on Wednesday showed a vehicle with multiple bullet holes through the window. Family, family members described Allen as a gracious, loving soul who was known uh, known by everyone in his community to be caring, thoughtful, and kind, would do anything for someone in need. He was always selfless, helping and protecting others in need. Uh, Allen played soccer at UC Davis and Utah Steel University, where he received a degree. He was studying law the past few years. The family said he lived at a home with his parents in Farmington. A family has not been permitted to see Chase and has not been contacted by the authorities or justice, or justice departments. With information surrounding the investigation, the family statement says, our family was not properly notified of Chase's death as next of kin. We found out about Chase's death along with the entirety of our community via the news reporters and articles from written online. So what's up with that, Sarge? Well, I'm looking at the same I'm looking at the same story in the New York Post, and the only thing I can see that bears any relationship in the article I'm looking at to a reason as to why the police shot this man is uh, this statement that the, the, the released by the police department during an attempt to remove the driver from the vehicle, shots were fired and the driver was injured. Now, nothing in there tells me anything about other than when he was shot. I don't see anything in there that tells me why he was shot. So I still don't know. I still don't have enough information to understand why he was shot. Yeah, 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 I know. I mean, whenever the police kill anybody, anybody, even the worst human being alive, they deserve to completely justify the reasons they did it. And I, I, I hope at some point they provide a complete accounting as to why those officers killed this man. 
Well, what do you think? Do you think uh, if I called up and asked who I could speak to about this or where I can get information about this tomorrow or the next day, uh, you think they're going to be uh, Yeah, nice you got to a right to call the uh, police department and ask about anything related to what they do. Yeah, I so, know. Yeah. I sure do. Yeah, let's give them a call. We'll give them a call and see what's going on here with this case. Let's All, find ask, out here. I mean, all they can do is just decline or, or refer you. They'll probably refer you to the public affairs officer. So you probably yeah, wouldn't get yeah. any kind of real answer. Yeah, well, let's just try it anyway. What the heck? we got time here. Let's do it. I'll dial them right now. Here we go. You have reached the Farmington Police Department. If this is an emergency, please hang up and dial 911. Otherwise, stay on the line and choose from the following options. If this is a non-emergency and you need to report a non-urgent crime, please press 1. To speak with the Farmington Police Records Department or to request a police report, please press 2. For all other inquiries, press 0. You have reached the Farmington Police Department. If this is an emergency, please hang up and dial 911. Otherwise, stay on the line and choose from the following options. If this is a non-emergency and you need to report a non-urgent crime, please press 1. To speak with the Farmington Police Department or to request a police report, please press 2. For all other inquiries, press 0. You have reached the Farmington Police Department. If this is an emergency, please hang up and dial 911. Otherwise, stay on the line and choose from the following options. If this is a non-emergency and you need to report a non-urgent crime, please all right, let me just hang up on her. Okay, well, they won't let me throw. I, I hit one. I, could, I, had, I had this on speaker, too. Good so you know, thing you were calling 911, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, look. I'm not going to call 911. Yeah, yeah. well, I, they, look, they, man. They hit uh, one in zero. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, I'm sure that, you know, in any inquiry, they're going to refer you to some sort of official spokesman for the department, public information officer, public affairs officer, whatever they call it there. And uh, so you, 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 I, I guarantee you on a Sunday night, you're going to hit a dead end. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. Sunday night, you know, you're definitely not going to get anybody on a Sunday night, you know. So, but, but I figured no, I'd give it a shot. But look, but man, it's, oh. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like a soldier killing somebody in combat. I stopped to think of all, all the people that, you know, my unit killed in, in, in wars. And uh, yeah. I'm thinking that there was no inquiry on any of them. I mean, you just maybe you might, maybe if they had identification documents on their bodies, you take that off. So they reported the International Red Cross, and you turn over whatever they had of intelligence information to to the you know company headquarters or wherever they wanted to send it for intelligence value, and that was it. It wouldn't. It's not like war. This is you killing a citizen in the United States who's entitled to the full protection and all that stuff of the law. It ain't like it. It's a war. The, the government has got to account for why that person is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now, when you were over in Vietnam, did you ever see any? Uh, I don't want to get you in trouble, but you know, just did you ever see anything that was questionable, as far as you know, maybe uh, that should yeah, not. Yeah, my my uh, platoon commander wanted me to kill a guy that we'd taken prisoner. I mean, you know, he had, he had, he had uh, already been treated by a medic, and they called the dust off in to take him and our wounded out. And my platoon commander wanted me to just uh, put a bullet in his head. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. But uh, I, I knew I knew the stress this officer was under. He was a good officer. He'd been under a lot of stress. Uh, this one soldier, this NVA soldier, had been in a bunker that we had to assault, and there was a really very popular guy in the company in the platoon, very.
very popular. Mm-hmm. He had like uh, a w- three weeks left in his tour of duty. Uh, during the assault, uh, he got his arm blown off, you know, oh, by my. a hand grenade tossed him out of the bunker. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we, they, there were three NBA in the bunker. Two of them were killed. This, this one NBA was wounded. And this lieutenant was probably at the end of his tether. He was under a lot of stress. He was angry about He liked the guy, too. He was angry, you know, under a lot of stress. And, you know, he just... He liked the guy. He liked he just, the just, guy. Take this shit. Just finish this goof off. We ain't going to waste no space on the dust. <laughs> Right, that's what okay. he said. He said, we ain't wasting no space on the dog. Just finish the school golf. And I told him I'm not going to do it. I said, Lieutenant, you want to do it, you do it yourself. I'm not doing it. We, this man, we accepted the surrender. Our medic is treated him. He's waiting for a dust off. And I like this officer. He was a good officer. Believe me, he was really a good officer. He, he was just under stress, and he was just racked out. You know, he needed an R&R is what he really needed. And he really he blew his top at me. He got real mad at me, started screaming at me and everything else. And I, I said, no, so you want to do it, you do it yourself. I'm not doing this. And, you know, he later on, he, uh, later on, though, after he calmed down, he apologized to me. He explained what he was going through. He said he was sorry and all that, you know, but it was just like, but that's about the worst thing I can think of that, that I, happened. I mean, I've heard about a lot of it happening. And, by the way, when that happens and there's evidence of it, Oftentimes there are official inquiries. Sometimes people get court martialed. Yeah, well, that kind of thing I mean, is murder. I mean, yeah, you can kill the enemy, sure, but murdering them is different. When you take them as prisoners and all, it's a whole different bag, man. You know, they, they, you know, they're not they're not criminals to be executed at that point. There are lawful combatants, and you got to send them back to be processed and put in a cage or wherever they got to go. Yeah. They're not criminals. They just take them out of the fight. They're no. They're not supposed to be considered any more of a criminal than you are. Well, wait for a killing second, them. Sergeant. Sorry, wait a second. When you're arrested, if you're in the service and you're over there in Vietnam fighting, and you're arrested, I mean, how does that work? You go to their well, jail look, over I, I there. Know, I, mean, I know they say that. You know, I, what's that saying? I heard once that uh, indicting somebody for murder in a war zone is like giving somebody a ticket at the end of that speeding ticket at Indianapolis five hundred. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But, look, you got to resist the temptation to go 100% over to the dark side because if anything can make you become a devil, it's war. And you don't yeah, want to yeah. live with that for the rest of your life. You just don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they have so, I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I understand why people say that. There can't be any humanity. In, but oftentimes there is, and it's a good thing that there is sometimes, you know. Well, you said R and R there. What's that? They go over there and they go to the, with the with the Chinese girl. He loved you a long time, right? They go over. There. <laughs> <laughs> he needed it badly. Well, he needed to get back to his wife. Actually, what he did uh, a, a few weeks later, he he, he uh, got, took an R and R, went back to Honolulu. He came back pretty refreshed, and he was okay. But I understand. I understood what he was going through, though. He was really a good officer. Everybody liked him. I did. I, I put well, all, I put a lot of faith in him to uh, lead us. The right, right way. You know, he he'd already done a previous tour, and he was back on a second. Well, First, well, this I mean, case here, this case here, these police officers, these police officers here in Utah that have murdered this 25-year-old. You know, there, there's no excuse for it whatsoever, from what I can see, from what I'm, what, from the evidence that I'm reading. And again, I'm a Monday morning quarterback because I wasn't there, but I only can go on with the news. That's why we have a well, media. I'm, that's I'm willing why, to believe you know, that's possible. Certainly, that's certainly. But I'm also willing to believe 
They were completely justified until I see more, more stuff. I'm not going to uh, judge them guilty or innocent at this point. That, that is not my information. And look, and look, and look, we all know that, like, in Chicago, they had the Laquan McDonald shooting where the, not only were the police officers involved trying to cover it up, the whole damn city council and the mayor's office was involved in trying to yeah. cover it up. I know that goes on, too. Yeah, yeah, but why shut off the body cam? That's right there. That's suspicious, right well, there. Well, that, that's what's the, – look, the officers involved are going to have to be deposed and asked, uh, you know, by the investigators why they did it. How many officers were in there involved in this case again? Um, Let me see here. Uh, I don't know how many were involved, actually. I don't and know. every I know one of them had a body cam that they turned off? Uh well, multiple officers were involved, and they fired 13 shots from the passenger side into the car. So, uh, yeah, and all you know, of them turned off body cams. So there's no body cam. Now, it's entirely possible that they turned off their body cams maybe to give them a little, a little tune-up or something, not to kill him, yeah. but something happened yeah, as a result yeah. of it that they were maybe well. justified. I look, I'm willing to concede any possibility up to and including the worst. But, look, i got to have more. I'm sorry, man. i got to have more. Given, given what well, they're putting police officers through these days, i got to have more evidence. I'm sorry. I just, I just have to. I'm 16 years old, right? Uh, I'm, I'm driving a 1967 Mustang. I'm in New Haven, Connecticut. It's back in 1988. I'm down in a front street with the projects, all right? And I'm down there, you know, scoring drugs, you know, which I I'm in high school. I'm not going to lie. That's what I was down there doing. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a weekend. I just got paid. I was working, too. And I had uh, 240, $250 bucks in my wallet. Cop pulls me over. New Haven cop. Comes walk up to the car. Oh, you, you got the $5 bill all ready to go. Get your nickel bag, huh? Yeah, get out of the car. Smashes me in the ribs one, two times. Boom, boom. Now, throws me up against the car. He goes, I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you. That's what he said. You know, I'm scared to death now. You're going to shoot me, man, you know. He goes, turn around. Don't you turn around or I'll shoot you. That's what he said. He's stealing my wallet. That's what he's doing. He's taking the money out of my wallet, you know. And uh, he goes, go on, get out of here, you know. So I leave, and I, I, you know, I didn't think nothing of it. I get on the highway, and all my money's gone, you know. Man, Sarge, I wanted to get that cop so bad. I wanted to, you know, and I, was, I rounded up the fellows. We were going to go back down there looking for him. I mean, because, you know, back in the 80s, you know, you didn't play back then. You know, not, we're not like the punks nowadays, you know, the Peter Pan kids walking around. Uh, you know, we, I was one of those heavy metal guys, you know, with leather jacket, you know. <laughs> and I was already pissed off we weren't going to party that night, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, so I can see how bad things can spiral out of control. But that cop was wrong, right? I mean, you know, I, I made a complaint at the New Haven Police Department. Nothing came of it. They laughed at me when I walked in there and said I shouldn't have been down there. You know, they said, lucky you didn't get arrested for trespassing. That's what they told me, the guy at the desk. And I said, you're an asshole. That's what I told them. You know, and then they all looked at me and said, you want to go to jail now? You know, so my buddies were like, come on, Joe, come on, Joe. You know, because, you know, everyone knows me. I'll run my mouth now, you know. So, uh, you know, he had me there one-on-one with his gun, you know. Uh, you know, he had me scared in the projects. But now, we're, you know, we're at the station now. Let's go. Get, you know, let's throw down. You know, so, uh, but, you know, then nothing came of it. You know, I lost my money. He got to rob me, the cop. He got away with it. And uh, now later on in life, who knows what happened. Maybe he got caught doing something else. He was crooked, obviously, right? That's a crooked cop, yeah, right? Yeah, he's a criminal. What he did was criminal. Well, look at him, man. Do, do, you, do, you, do you 
know whether or not this department that killed this uh, Chase Allen, do you know whether or not they had a record of police brutality and a lot of complaints? you know anything about the department? Well, that's, that's interesting. No, there's nothing that's come up yet so far on that. Well, they now they have a give record. You a sometimes. If they got a lot of complaints well, against for unlawful use of force or excessive use of force or police brutality, that can give you a clue sometimes. Especially well, they have if a record a of with the family charge. They, they've dealt with this family before. This family has several court cases pending in court. These were one of those. Yeah, I read they about the stop. mother. The mother also yeah. had a had a run in with the cops and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, yeah, they, some that, guys just might have had a bone against this particular family. That That's possible, too. I don't like – well, when they sit there and say that we're driving around these sovereign citizens, they're saying that uh, uh, we, we don't think that any of the laws apply to us or uh, because we believe in the Constitution. No, that's not true. And I argue with this with my friends a lot, too, or that people that want to lick the boots to the cops. You know, and, and, or talk about we're just passing through or we got to cooperate. You know, we're not going to change the system. Look, there's no law that says you're supposed to have a driver's license. There's no law that says you have to have a driver's license. And people argue with me. It says you do. No, you don't. You have to have a law to drive. I mean, you have to have a license to drive a motor vehicle. Your car right. is an automobile. It's not a motor vehicle. Now, as a retired state trooper, Sarge, if you pulled me over and I said – uh, Sarge, so-and-so, you don't need to see my ID partner. There's no law that says I have to try to surrender an ID. What Am I being detained? What's going on here? Why are you pulling me over? Uh, you know, so now we're to that point now. Sarge, say you pulled me over because I didn't make a left-hand turn or whatever. Uh, you know, one of those silly little things that you, say, you guys say. You know, or I went through a red light when I did it, when I did You know, okay, you, you know, he's... he's she said thing, and we got to go to court for all that. But now you want to see my driver's license. I don't have one. I don't have no registration. I'm, and you, well, you don't know I do. I do or I don't because I'm not going to give it to you. What are you going to do about it, Sarge? Well, um, uh, <laughs> the Illinois Vehicle Code defines what a motor vehicle is. That's what I had to enforce. And it's, you know, Chapter 95, uh, you know, involving the – and it defines what a motor vehicle is. Yeah. Uh, and, and it says – and it says in – the um, the Illinois Vehicle Code, every vehicle which is self-propelled and every vehicle which is propelled by electrical power obtained from overhead trolley wires but not operated on rails except for vehicles moved solely by human power, motorized wheelchairs, low-speed electric bicycles, and low-speed gas bicycles, among others, is considered under the terms of the Illinois Vehicle Code, a motor vehicle. That's so, pretty broad definition. So what do we do here? Well, you're, you got me pulled over. What's well, I mean, you, I, obviously that could be changed with simply a change in the legislation, but you know how legislation gets changed. you got to go to the legislative assembly, and you got to ask for a change in the uh, legislative definition. But voila, not it's done. What, the problem, Joe, is you got to convince enough people to go along with you to make that legislative change. But, Sarge, again, what are you going to do at this point? Because I'm trying to reflect on cases that are happening every day out there today. What do you do, Sarge, as a trained re- trooper, right? I know you're retired now, but what do you do when I say, when it comes to that point where I say, 
Hey, oh, well, I don't uh, 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 look, uh, okay, I'll say, I'm doing, let's say that happens to me in Illinois. And I pull you over, ask you for a driver's license, because it doesn't have to be an Illinois driver's license. It's got to be any, any license that the state of Illinois recognizes as valid driving the state. If you provide me with that, then we're all good. If not, then I'm going to take appropriate enforcement action because that's what the law says. <laughs> what does the law say, sir? Now, see, if you don't have a license, that means I, I ticket you for operating, I cite you for operating a motor vehicle on a public highway without a proper driver's license. So that means you got to provide me with identification so I give you a citation. If you don't provide no. me with identification, then I've got to take you down to the station to verify your identity so I can give you a bond or you can make a bond. And if you don't want to go with me, guess what happens at that point? Now you're obstructing what? a police officer and a police officer in the forms of his duties. Now I've got to take you into physical custody and charge you with obstruction. And then if you resist me further, I'm going to throw resistant arrest on top of it. This is from a retired state trooper, everybody, who says he knows that's what would happen, and that's what's going to happen. I, that's to what all I've you done many times. times. <laughs> that's exactly what I did. Now, does anyone want to challenge him on this where uh, they know the law better than him? He says you're going to get a ticket for operating, not, operating a motor vehicle without a, a driver's license. Okay. But, Sarge, I'm or, not or operating a permit. Vehicle. You know, it could be either, either a permit, like uh, say you – you, you've got a, a permit, you've got a valid permit, but the person that is in the passenger seat with you does not have a valid driver's license. Because if you've got a permit to drive, to learn, then the person accompanying you must have a valid license in their possession. Now, wait so a depends. second, sir. I'm not driving a motor vehicle. I'm uh, according to Illinois Vehicle Code, you would be. If it's got an internal combustion no. engine and it moves, it's able to move as a result of the internal combustion engine providing motive power to the wheels, then under the Illinois Vehicle Code, you are driving a motor vehicle. That's not, that's not true, Sarge. That's not I, true. I'm re- what, what? ready for you. That's every vehicle which is self-propelled. I don't know how much broader you can get than that. Now, you might be able to say that that definition is overbroad. That might be a legal case for you to take to the court and say such but a definition is so broad. Now, wait a second. Now you say I have to provide you with identification? Where is that law? I no, 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 no. Normally, normally you don't have to. But since I am now taking an enforcement action, I have to be assured that the enforcement action I am taking is against who you say you are, or someone, I have to identify, I have to make an identification of you in order to begin the enforcement process. See, I, mean, I have to have a solid basis for identification so I can cite that individual who I believe has committed the offense. So now you're going to drag So now you are me. required to make identification so the enforcement process can begin. Enforcement. So you're going. So okay. So now you're telling me I have. This is Nazi Germany all over. Papers, please. I have got to show you who <laughs> I am. In this case, right? yes, <laughs> yes. If you want okay, to call okay. it third Reich, yes, you be my guest. All right, all right, but okay, yes, okay. And so only I because said, now normally, no. you know, if you were, it was on a public street, and I just want to know who you are, 
and I've got no enforcement purpose whatsoever. They're just curious who you are. You got every right to tell me go to hell. I ain't got to tell you a damn thing, cause you know. But in the case of you operating a motor vehicle on a, as defined by the Illinois Vehicle Code, on a public highway in the state of Illinois, and I see that you're operating the same such vehicle, and I ask you for license, registration, proof of insurance, and you cannot provide me with any of that, then under the law, I can begin enforcement action against a person. And I need to know who that person is so I can issue them the appropriate citation and demand their appearance at a proper adjudicatory venue. So I got to know who you are. And if you can't provide okay. me or refuse to provide me identification, then I'm going to take it down the station and hold you either with running your fingerprints through APHIS, the Automated Fingerprint Identification System, or any other means I got available in order to find out your identity so I can issue an appropriate citation. So, so now you're going to kidnap me. You're going to pull me out of my car. And, no, and I'm going to take you into custody, and I'm going to write it up in a complete report. I'm going, to, I'm going to explain every step I did in a report. Everyone, where so, are my so, sovereign? I mean, it's not where's like it's going to be secret. I mean, your identity is going to be logged or as even as a John Doe with your physical description if I cannot identify you. As a John Doe, you're going to be, all of it's going to be in there. And it's, the, it's not going to be like a Gestapo just take away in a dead night and hide you away. It's going to be a matter of public record. Oh, it's not going to be like record. Third Reich. Third Reich can just take you and put you in detentive custody indefinitely with no notification to anybody. I don't make this is going to be an official report, which is going to go in the, into law in the police report, and anybody can access it to see what arrests were made that day and that night. <laughs> we have public record. We know about the public record. Yeah, we know about that very there will be a public record of the arrest. I don't want to take anybody into custody secretly. I, I, I don't roll that way. <laughs> no, sir. All right. Anyone uh, out there here uh, that's listening here, 657-383-0616, where's my nationals at who know the law who says that he's wrong here? Because right now he's pretty much sounding like this is the way it's got to be, man. I got to, be, I've oh, got to have thing, a lot. This is the thing, Joseph. I'd be tickled pink to see somebody bring these laws up in court and get a, a ruling that these laws are unconstitutional. I'd be tickled pink. But that's not for me to decide. I'm not a police I'm not a police officer. I'm not I'm not free to pick and choose what laws I enforce or don't. Provided they're not, they're not blatantly unconstitutional. I'm not gonna enforce any law that's blatantly unconstitutional. In this case we got a a, a zone that at best is gray. At best, I don't even really think it's gray. But, you know, I'd be tickled pink to see somebody make the legal argument before the appropriate court that maybe these laws are overbroad, maybe even unconstitutional, and need to be changed. But that's not for me to do. Otherwise, I should quit. If I'm not prepared to enforce the law, the only thing my conscience should demand me to do is to resign. Because i got no business being a police officer at that point. Wow. Well, this is what's also come out now, folks. Those of you who don't know, you uh, our, our nationals out there or whatever. Beginning May seventh, twenty twenty-five, every traveler must present a real ID complaint driver compliant driver's license, state issued enhanced driver's license, 
or other acceptable forms of identification such as a valid passport or U.S. military ID to fly within the U.S. Uh, review the complete list of acceptable identification. So there we go. We've got the real ID coming out. So let's see now. Travel, travel. Let's see. Uh, drivers, can I use my driver's license to board here? All right. Well, this is for traveling. Um, I, I wanted, I wanted, I, I just typed in the wrong thing here, right? So sorry for that. Uh, I want to um, uh, uh, drive a car here. I'm sorry. Um, um, hang on, I'll get that. I'll get that. Uh, get that up here. I had that up earlier. Yeah. So now you talk, now we're talking about a little bit different thing here, though. Now we're talking about public accommodations with which other people are traveling too. And the justification for it is that it's, you know, you could be endangering somebody else because you're a terrorist or something else or whatever. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, I, got, yeah, yeah. I got some doubts about that. Uh, on that one, I got some doubts. I, I yeah. really got some doubts about that. And that's, well, this that's is what it says right guy. here. Well, well, this is what it says right here. People who drive in the U.S. must have a valid driver's license. If you're a foreign visitor, some states require that you would have an international driver's permit, IDP, and a valid license from your own country. Um, so it's, it's uh, you're right. Where are they getting this argument from? Can the state really require? Well, wait a minute. You, you said it has to do with just driving your individual vehicle on a public highway. Yeah. Well, well there's yeah, state boundaries that ought to be governed by whatever the state says, not the federal government. Well, I mean, the federal question? government ain't got no business telling, um, telling them whether or not you can do an site you. Was the federal government running around enforcing traffic laws in the state? Okay, well, this is what it says right here. Federal law is the highest that, that law. That sounds kind correct? of funny. Are you sure that's the, what it's intended to do? I, I don't know. It's a, I'm reading it right now. A federal law states that the federal government ain't got no traffic law jurisdiction in any state that I know I, I, of that doesn't directly right affect now. interstate commerce. I'm going to read it to you right now. Hang on. Right here. For, for right to, it says right here. Federal law is the highest law. Am I correct? And, and federal law states it is my God-given right as man to have the freedom of, of travel in pursuit of happiness without being governed, harassed, taxed, or held from freedom of movement. It also states that as long as I'm traveling in my own vehicle that I own and I am not making cash profit from it, that a state-issued license is just a requirement made by the state, uh, okay, state police. It's not required, okay, um, it's not required as long as I'm not harming anyone or committing a crime. A, Okay, where to start? I'll begin by saying that I sympathize for any officer that stops this driver and has to endure the ensuing encounter. Admittingly, this question is, is, is an outlier, but over the last three years of writing this column, I've received enough of, of kinds of questions to realize that there is a much bigger issue here. When someone misunderstands the law, it can have a real-life consequences, and that's what's happened here. Sometimes in misunderstanding, okay? So... Um, uh, the explanation lives on the margins of reality, but there is no real consequences to believing it's illegal to drive barefoot. You'll always have to wear shoes while driving, right? In contrast, believing that a driver's license is a fake requirement can result in some real problems. We live in a time where you can find the answer to any possible question in seconds, and you can find the wrong answer even faster. That's a good point right there. Um, you know, uh, basically, the U.S. Supreme Court has stated that it is the right of a citizen to travel upon the public highway. 
the thinking goes, if the Supreme Court says it's the right to use the highway, the state can't require me to get a license and then grant me permission to drive because it's already my right, right, Sarge? The argument relies mostly in court decisions taken out of the contest and, and obsolete legal definitions, but there are people who believe it. I've met, met some of them, this guy says. So which is it? Can I have a right to travel or not? Supreme Court says I have a right to travel. Well, clearly you have a right no. to travel. I don't think anybody's arguing about the fact you have a right to travel. I mean, well, they shouldn't be. I mean, travel is often necessary for business and to uh, inter- interact with relatives and any, any damn reason you want, just because you want to join the scenery. I mean, yes, clearly you got a right yeah. to tra- travel. The question is, by what method do you have a right to travel? Uh, you clearly have a right to travel in a motor vehicle, but the question is, do you have the right to operate it without the re- appropriate licensing? That's the question. Well, I wish somebody would call call in here and give their opinion on this. Some of these people out there that know about this driver's license stuff, because we get them, we had them on here before. Six five seven three eight three zero six one six. The you could be remain, remain anonymous. Six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Any other time, my phone lines are blowing up with these people wanting to argue with me about this, and uh, you know, and, and and but Sarge, the problem. Look at what's happened. We have a young man that's murdered by the police over this issue. Why don't I have the right to travel? What gives the state the right to regulate my right to travel? I should have the well, right well, to again, travel. You, 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 I don't think we're having an argument whether you've got the right to travel. The question no, is, no, do you have the right to operate a motor vehicle on a public highway without the appropriate state licensing? That's the question. And, you know, I mean, that certainly opened the argument. Yeah. Pro yeah. and con. No, I, I, believe me, man. I mean, you, do you think... Look, it wouldn't bother me a bit if licensing requirement was removed entirely. As long as you probably got, I probably ought to say you probably ought to have insurance, you know, because, yeah. I mean, after all, you know, motor vehicle tra- crashes are common. Yeah, and, you yeah, know, the insurance. Okay, the insurance I can see you maybe requiring but that, again, that's going to be another requirement, though, that you have insurance. But whether you have insurance, let's just take all of it away. You got the right to operate a motor vehicle with no insurance, no registration and no license. Okay, if that was that requirement was removed, it wouldn't necessarily bother me all that much. I'm simply saying that as a police officer, I don't get to pick and choose the laws that I enforce unless they are blatantly unconstitutional. And I don't think this is a case where it's a blatant measure uh, uh, issue of unconstitutionality. Well, again, but this has happened now, folks. Again, I want to read this just one more time here, this vigil. I mean, I do think we're uh, very upset about the idea of police officers acting with selective enforcement, aren't we? And we don't like that. I, I, I thought that we don't like the idea of police officers selectively enforcing the law. Well, Sarge, let's put it this way. Let me put this out there. I just got off the phone with uh, Chase Allen's mother. She received a call from the medical examiner's office uh, today. Chase's death certificate reads, uh, homicide. It was a, it was a, it was a homicide. So that's huge, right there. That's huge. That's huge, right, Sarge? No, well, every killing. Well, no, 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 Joe. It's not necessarily dispositive of anything in and of itself. Because every deliberate killing, every killing, not deliberate, not even necessarily deliberate, every killing of a human being by the actions of another human being is a homicide. Justifiable homicide, manslaughter. They're all homicides. Homicide does not equate to murder. It simply means that some human being kills another human being through their actions, inadvertent 
or deliberate. That's all it means. Yeah, it sounds like it to me. I don't know. You know. <laughs> um, uh, real quick here. I am not passing judgment on the action of these officers one way or another. I simply don't have enough evidence. I don't have enough facts. I know. And we'll, we'll never I, get all the facts. I can't do that. Well, I just can't do that. Well, let well, uh, me put this out there again for everybody that's out there listening. We are holding a candlelight vigil on Sunday at 3 p.m. I don't know if that was this. I'm trying to get a hold of this person. If that was this week or next week, at 3 p.m., uh, Farmington Post Office, in memory of Chase Allen's murder. The goal is to uh, uh, to each bring 10 other people and have a massive show of support for the family. Uh, more for more information, we will be given at that vigil. It is suggested to uh, not carry your geo tracking phone to uh, to public events, and the location of this is going to be the Farmington Post Office, 145 East State Street, Farmington, Utah. So if you're in that area or close by that area, uh, you know, part of this uh, group here or these groups that, uh, you know, are discussing these issues that we're discussing right now, these these rights that we're supposedly supposed to have that we don't have. You know, a young man was murdered uh, this week. Murdered. He's gone. His, he's, uh, his life is over uh, because the, po- the the police shot him 13 times, 12 to 13 times. And that is unacceptable, if you ask me. I just don't see why. I mean, unless he was in a shootout, which he wasn't. Again, that's why they have body cams. They're supposed to be recording all this, but they were told, I mean, they, they were told to shut him down. I mean, so what's the point of having the damn things? You know, if we, <laughs> I mean... We can just shut them down anytime we want. I mean, you know, what's the procedure? Nobody knows. Every department's got a different procedure. Oh, you know, it's just well, Joe, uniform, Joe, man. I think we all. I think we could agree on one thing, Joe. I think we agree. Uh, we'd all be a lot better off if there were a lot fewer laws on the books. Probably yeah. we'd be better off removing, say, about forty percent of the laws that are on the book of all sorts. Yeah. That way, the police wouldn't yeah. have anything to be bothered with enforcing, and could concentrate on the things that are really serious. And instead of having to disperse their efforts, worrying about whether or not you got tinted windows or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, I think that's a great deal of the solution right there. Give the police yeah. less to do so they can concentrate on what's really important. Uh, I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, Again, yeah, remember you know, uh, Eric Gardner up there in New York, and the reason what happened to him—he was selling Lucy cigarettes because the taxes in New York are so goddamn high that there's a yeah. black market selling individual cigarettes on the street because of them pirates in Albany, New York. Be careful you don't take the Lord's name in vain here. You're gonna chase away all my Christian listeners here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but I'm saying they got all them pirates in Albany who are robbing the people of New York with their excessively high taxes, and as a result, there's a black market for people selling individual cigarettes on the street. Because I, I forget, some reason, $8, $9, $10 a carton of cigarettes in New York? Yeah. That's the reason there's a, yeah. there's a street market for Lucy's. In the meantime, they're selling the cigarettes in front of stores where the merchants are required to pay the charge the taxes for the state. And these guys who are selling the Lucy's are taking away their business. These people got to pay for licenses from the state. They got to pay taxes. They get inspected by all kind of New York authorities. And here's guys up there because of the, the market that the state of New York created. They're selling Lucy's. The merchants complain to the police about the violations of the law. 
and the police get enough pressure from the community merchants that they feel they got to go on with a task force to stop the guy selling Lucy's. And one of them was Eric Gardner. Remember? Remember? Yeah. There you go. Against stupid laws, cops got enforced. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I get y'all, man. So look, don't, don't think I'm not sympathetic. Look, Joe, don't think I'm not sympathetic to the arguments that are being made. I know. But I'm I know. just saying, I don't get to choose the laws I'd enforce or don't enforce. That's not right. We don't want a police officers to do that. That is why the people got to put pressure on their legislatures to get the laws they want. And you got to realize, if you can't get other people to go along with you, you're going to have to bide your time until you can. No, sorry. I mean... You think I'm going to be able to raise democracy? Ain't that, ain't that the very meaning of democracy? Well, I don't know about democracy. I know republic. Democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. Well, you know? I, I, you know, I know how to do about that. But remember, <laughs> remember that the Constitution is not intended to be a one-size-fits-all or a, uh, you know, the, uh, something that details how every instance is supposed to be handled. The people, that's why we got federalism, Joe, because people in different states have different notions of what public policy and police power should be, like people in Utah and people in California and people in Massachusetts, people in Florida and people in Texas. They don't all have the same idea on what the parameters of police power ought to be, other than what the Constitution puts down as a limit under which you cannot go. But beyond that, I basically think that people will be able to legislate in everything else. And it's up to the give and take, back and forth of debate with your state legislators to decide what that's going to look like. What about these constitutional conventions? Aren't they dangerous? Well, that's why, that's why I, I made a point to say no, that the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the enumerated limits of the powers of government, you cannot go below that, no matter what state it's in. But everything else is a Ninth and Tenth Amendment issue. Well, well, I don't know. I don't know, Sarge. Uh, I mean, it's all convoluted, twisted. I mean, I'm beginning to think that what these pastors are out there preaching that is, is anything ever going to get fixed when you think about it? I mean, Wait a minute. why I mean, do you think I left Illinois? I, Illinois, as far as I'm concerned, was hopeless. I put my life on yeah. the line for the people of Illinois for 23 years. And they just, I, it was getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And I couldn't take it no more. So I had to get the hell out of yeah. town because I didn't want to live in a state where they're doing that kind of crazy stuff all the time. Believe me, I'm sympathetic. <laughs> I'm a living yeah. example of what you do. When you can't stand the state for which you put your life on the line for for 23 years for the citizens of. But, man, but there's some places that are, you think California can ever be reformed with the way it is right now? I don't think it can be. Sorry, what was the policy of hiring for you guys? What was the policy of hiring? I mean, you ever hire anybody with medals, you know, like uh, uh, misdemeanor charges or anything like that? They were police. Did I ever what? Can, can you be hired as a state policeman uh, with misdemeanor charges? Oh, yeah, you can be, although, you know, it depends on what type of misdemeanor they might. They're not required to hire anybody with any kind of record, but 
Felonies automatically exclude you, but misdemeanors will not necessarily so. Not necessarily so. Well, well, felonies automatically disqualify under the rules I was hired under. They're not even gonna. They're not even gonna consider that at all. But by the way, that can be waived. Even that can be waived. It's not like it's against the Illinois Constitution to hire you. That's just a regulation in the department. Every regulation can be waived if if the governor or the appropriate authority waives it. Yes, for only no. The the state can only go so many years back in your record. Uh, For uh, like, for instance, this state, and I think it's pretty much uniform up uh, in the Northeast, whatnot. It's only twelve, twelve, thirteen. Excuse me. how many years? Uh, I think it's seven years. They can't go back and look at any fe- the felony. Well, well felony is a permanent part of the record. I mean, is, uh, a felony is something that yeah, we know. Yeah, the hiring process, though. That's what I was told. Yeah, but, but, but for some jobs, a felony could be considered. I don't think there's any state that would disallow felonies to be considered when hiring someone because that uh, felonies are always public record. They're not ever taken off the public record unless you get pardoned and the record expunged. So, me, I, mean, I don't think I don't think there's any here. state that would, would that would disqualify you from considering a felony as to whether or not to hire anyone. Now I know some of these crazy progressive states are getting that way, but I don't think the, there's any state that actually disallows you from considering it as to whether to hire somebody or not. All right, two oh three. Welcome to the show here tonight. Good evening. What's on your mind, your partner? Hey, Sarge, Joe. Just Howdy. listening to a pro, finding it very interesting, different perspectives. Wanted to say hello, let you know I was in there listening. Oh, okay. Sarge, pleasure well, to hear you. Uh, it's good to hear an intelligent, articulate person come on to the program and and uh, speak some common sense. Amen. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Um, well, you know, well, well, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people that call into the program time to time, and they're, they're, they 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 want to be articulate and intelligent, and they're not. And but though they you know they have the language uh, to appeal uh, to to somebody who has a, a lesser intelligence, think that they're intelligent. But you know when you listen to you, you speak, you always got my ear, and I want you to know that. And I appreciate your service uh, also in, in the military. And also to our to to the uh, in Chicago, uh, in Illinois, here I I appreciate it and I, I respect what you do. I respect the law, and, and I respect the law by an officer. And uh, thank you so much. And Joe, thank you for uh, having uh, Sarge on your program. It's a great asset. Oh yeah. And I'm going. Uh, well, I got. Hang on, I got a question for you. Uh, how what is how long is it that certain elements stay on your record? I know it's at, like, for instance, here in North Carolina, whatever's on your record, seven years, it automatically drops off because they, they got that second chance thing now. But Sarge is saying felonies will stay on forever. Well, I, I can't speak for South Carolina, so I don't know. I'm, I'm just speaking from what I generally understand. Felonies pretty much forever unless you're pardoned or you have your record expunged through a formal legal process. Right. Generally, they stay on felonies, stay on forever, but certain states have enacted 
said, look, it can only go back seven years. If they haven't committed a felony within seven or ten years, then it's as if they never committed one, even though it's, it's still always there, unless you get a part yeah. of it. But then misdemeanors, you know, uh, of moral turpitude will stop you from getting jobs. And, and now, even in Connecticut, to become a corrections officer, they want you to have an associate's degree in criminal justice. So, wow. And, you know, what, it's, uh, what's moral turpitude? Moral turpitude would be, uh, uh, say, uh, uh, sex offense, violence crime uh, towards a woman, uh, domestic. And those are considered uh, moral turpitude. And you would know that by your police uh, background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, that's about, about it. And, wow. And so, those, well, you know... And by rights, they should allow a person to have a hearing on that because sometimes things are, you know, you can be, get on the sex offender registration in the state of Connecticut if you urinate on the side of the road and you're caught. Now you have to, okay, now you have to register as a sex offender. So when it comes up, if you want to drive for Uber or a public company, they won't hire you because you're on the registry. You're an offender. And you're, even McDonald's won't hire you. And all the guys wow. get out and you're. You know, he was driving down the highway and he had a pee. So, wow. You know, Connecticut, and in Connecticut right now, there are 850 men who are and women who are on the registry who are in noncompliance. They have not registered their addresses. They have not complied. Out here, it's different than California. California, the sheriff show up at your house once a year. Make sure you live there. In Connecticut, they send you out a what do you mean? Hang on, Peter. I got people emailing me right now. They want to know what do you mean by non-compliance. Non-compliant means that they fail to register the address they live at. Oh. Okay. okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. And so you, you have this registry uh, in California. Like I say, they they come to your house once a year to make sure you live there. Out out in Connecticut, here in some other states, they send you a letter every ninety days. You sign the letter and you send it back saying that you're at your address. Okay, they're not too bad out in this, these districts. But the truth of the matter is you have 850 men who are non-compliant. You cannot enforce this registry. It's unequal protection to the men that are on it. And now they've started a new registry. They have a gun violence, a violent registry. They also have an arson registry, you see? Wow. And, and, and so these guys are tagged for their whole, the rest of their life on these registries and they can't even enforce them. And so what they do is they wait for the person to commit a crime, get a speeding ticket, break the law. Then they check them out and say, okay, you didn't register here. It's a felony. Now you're going back to jail for five years. Yep. Yeah. For not registering. Yeah. So, so you can't enforce this thing. You know how many police officers it would take to catch 820 of these guys, 890 of these guys. If you put one officer on each person, it's 800 cops. You guys might find it interesting that in a lot of jurisdictions, if you get convicted of adultery, now notice the words, if you get convicted of adultery, that was considered a crime of moral turpitude. Yes, that that would be considered a crime of moral turpitude, but but they've done away, most states have done away with that uh, uh, adultery crime. You know, that's... That's back, you know, when back in the '60s when you had the blue laws, when the stores were closed on Sunday, yeah. you know, when America, when America had some morals left, 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what does it mean for a kid to be an adult today? It means that he can he he can buy marijuana, he can buy liquor, he can go to a porn shop, uh, you know, he can hit the bars. This is what it means to be an adult in America. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and yeah. I think some of the woke crowd is getting woke, and they're realizing, <laughs> you know, they got rid of Lori Lightfoot. What's her name up there? Uh, the lesbian. Thank you know. God. <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah, they got rid of her. Yeah, she's homeless. Hey, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you know, and man. she's out there. She made a statement. I think somebody said she said she had a larger penis than most men. Yes, so. she did. <laughs> she, look, here's yeah. what, let me tell you how that happened. <laughs> Lori Lightfoot got into a row with the Italian community in Chicago because she uh, allowed the removal of the Statue of Columbus in Grant Park. And they were really putting a lot of pressure on her and protesting her allowing that statue to be removed. And she said, well, look, what these people don't know is that I got a bigger unit than anybody else in Chicago. She said this out loud publicly. Now, I, and I said to myself, well, it's, Lori Lightfoot is kind of looking up for her now that she is not got, not, she's not going to be the mayor anymore. Because now she can take her big unit. She can go do some porno with that big unit, and she can give herself a name. I am not the Italian stallion. <laughs> oh Lord! Somebody touched it off. That's what I mean. I, you, I mean, you, you just can't make this stuff up about that woman. That woman was psychotic, man. There was something seriously deranged about that woman. They're I mean, demonized. seriously. Yeah, she's demonized. You know what the Bible says? Let me give you this uh, biblical perspective. The Bible says in Romans that when they knew God, they rejected God, and they worshiped the creature more than the creator. So God gave them over to a, re- a reprobate mind to do that which is unseemingly, women with women, men with men, to receive a just recompense for their sin. They, <laughs> those people are the judgment of God, and they don't even know it. That's that's the judgment of God. He turned you over to a reprobate mind. That you'll do those amen. things. Yeah, but amen. Well, you know, I, mean, I don't know. We we live in a society that's insane. But I see that some of these states now are enacting laws that calling the drag queen. Uh, uh, you know, when they're going to the library and doing those drag queen shows, they got the little seven year old boys and girls sticking dollar right. bills in the fact. Well, well, what they're doing now is is a lot of states are outlawing that as pornography so that now minors can't be there. And, and you yeah, know, like I said, I think some of the woke crowd is getting woke. You know, when their kids are coming home and saying, school, and my name's Billy. Well, well really- actually, I think in many respects, the woke crowd is getting more degenerate and more fanatic. What I think the rest of us, though, who are within a range of normality, are becoming awakened to their wokeness. And I think that's yeah. what's changing. Yeah, amen to the, that. Their yep. wokeness. Their wokeness. Yeah. Where are these terms? Yeah, they're getting more by fanatical by the day. Ask me, they're getting more fanatical, more deranged, more lunatic by the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's still some people with some uh, scruples. And, you know, you, like I said, you got kids coming home from school, and in the school they're allowed. The teachers are called. Uh, they had one teacher they just uh, arrested. She was 
telling the little girl her she was a boy and kept calling her Leo or something in school all the time. You know, finally the kid came home and told her mother. And mom got involved oh. in that thing. But this is the kind, you know, this what is the degenerate. Parent? <laughs> What's that? What did they do? They arrested the mother? No, they arrested the teacher for that. You know, she was oh. grooming. And, and the problem is this. You know, you're, they're, the kids are coming home. The boy's name is Billy, but in school he's Beverly. You see, and they're not, and they're not telling the parents that they're calling that the are identifying. You know, what's your identity? You're neutral. Pick an identity. You know. Well, let me get, tell you. Get, let me just tell you. Anyone six five seven three eight three zero six one six. The driver's license. Do you have a right to travel in the United States without a driver's license? If you do, can you please show us the law or the regulation or type, whatever the code or statute or in the Constitution where it says you don't need a driver's license to drive your car? Because Sarge it was, is a retired state trooper for what, 19 years, and he told us something different, that you have got to have a driver's license. So can anyone grab Well, I, actually, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying the Illinois Vehicle Code says exactly that. Well, yeah, okay. And the Illinois Vehicle Code is what I had to enforce. Right. And the Illinois Vehicle quite clearly states what constitutes a motor vehicle and what constitutes a public highway. So there it is. Okay. All right. And well, by the way, when it comes to driving under the influence, the law is even more broadly stated. It says you may not operate a motor vehicle anywhere, even on your private property, while you're under the influence. Right. That means even in your driveway or in your garage or, you know, around your farm, you're not allowed to operate a motor vehicle under the influence. Well, you're not even allowed to be in it with the keys in it if you're in your vehicle and it's parked in your driveway and you're drunk. Exactly. Yeah. And it spells it out quite clearly in the Illinois Vehicle Code. Like I said, I'm not supposed to pick and choose what laws I enforce. And, I, you know, especially when someone is – driving recklessly as a result of being under the influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe yeah. and I have had this conversation, you know, we've taken it to some extremes uh, uh, in conversation. It's got heated and we've had some laughs. And But the truth of the matter is, I mean, what we're, what are, you know, I agree. We don't need all the laws we have, but we do need some common sense laws. I mean, we need a speed limit. We need a stop sign at an intersection. <laughs> Yeah, You know, these things have to be regulated. It's not, oh, well, I'm responsible if I kill somebody. Listen, it's common sense. You know, not everybody is a uh, is intelligent and articulate and has uses common sense. You know, I've almost got killed three times on the street that I live on within three miles to my own house. Oh, People, so I got a young guy out here. I can't catch him, but I'll catch him. I'm waiting on him. But he's got a little white car. And uh, he, he passes cars up here in a double line on the corner, and, and he almost hit my wife head on, but she got by. He almost hit me head on once, and I let him in because I went up, on the, up in the grass. The next time he tried to pull that crap, I pulled right in, his, you know, right in front of him. So he had to get back behind the car. He was you know, about to pass. But I, I can't catch this guy, but I'll, I'll grab him. I couldn't get his plate. But I'm going to catch this guy somewhere down the road here before he kills somebody. You know, yeah, I think but, but, I think there was a caller trying to get in here. If you're still out there, caller four one zero, maybe I see you bouncing up and down my call screen here. Were you trying to get in, uh, 
I'll unmute you. I don't. Maybe you can't press one. I don't know. Some. I think there was a couple callers that cannot press one uh, for some reason. So if I see you, anybody, if I see you pop back up on the screen, I'll unmute you. Um, uh, I mean, I, I just can't get up, get, get over why Mike Singer is not addressing this issue. He stood up so much for it in the Zoom meetings of the uh, the militia community there. I mean. You know, saying that, no, you don't need a driver's license. You don't need this. You don't need that. But, yes, technically well, you do. I mean, come on. Problem. Here's another problem. Okay, so in order to challenge these laws, you got to break them. That's the other problem. Yeah, no. And nine out of ten times yeah. you'll be fighting them for jail. I mean, yeah. you're not going to get no – I mean <laughs> – yeah, I mean, look, you have the right to challenge any law in court if you think it's unconstitutional or wrong. Of course, bringing such an action is expensive, time-consuming. A lot of times the courts will say you don't have standing and you're going to not even be able to get it through. But the point of the matter is, is that that's the way it is with law. Until it's declared unconstitutional, it's the law. Even Martin Luther King, who knew many of the Southern Jim Crow laws were unconstitutional, said that, until they were ruled unconstitutional, they were the law, and he was prepared to be arrested for violating them. And that's well, what he did. He knew he was going to get arrested. He knew it was the law. He knew it was breaking the law. But until the court said those laws were unconstitutional, since they had been passed by the state legislature, they were, in fact, the law that was actionable by law enforcement. Right. And, and so could, when they were, obviously he was vindicated. Point of the matter is that even he knew that he was breaking the law. You you can Although challenge the legislator should have known, given the fact there's a Fourteenth Amendment to the United States Constitution, and 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 they already had Brown versus Board of Education in 1954 that those laws would not stand scrutiny. Well, yeah. Well, you know you could challenge you can challenge any law in any state. You file a petition with the usually with. Attorney General of the state, and and give them notice that you're you know you file it in court. Your reason whether it's unconstitutional, it's arbitrary, it's capricious, uh, you know improper wording, and you can bring that before the Attorney General of, of the state, and and they'll represent their end, and you can present your side. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a compl- it's not complicated. You can do it. Right. And, right. And you know if you. Know, you know, it's it's a simple petition. It doesn't take Fellini to do it, but there, but now you're having a problem with statutory construction, and in statutory construction, when a law says shall, that means it's mandatory. So what happened was, well, I was in the federal prison in in Oxford, Wisconsin. Uh, four one zero. Hang on, uh, I think four one zero wants to get in here. You don't have to say nothing if you don't want to talk. Then just don't say nothing. I don't know if they can press one or not. I'm not sure. Let me connect 410 and see if they want to jump in here. If not, don't say anything, and I'll meet you back right back. 410, you want to jump in this conversation? Not at this time. Listening, Adam's trying to get in, and that's okay. why I'm, I'm trying to see if Adam oh, can gotcha, get in. Gotcha. Thank you. Gotcha. Talk gotcha, to you gotcha. too. Gotcha. Okay. All right, gotcha. I just want to make sure some people can't hit one. Okay, yeah, I'm waiting on Adam. Adam, very important. I want to get, try to get him on here. Six five seven three eight three. Well, I'm going to say, one. Joe, I, I'd be tickled pink to see a lot of these laws challenged in court. I mean, I I have no intention to do it. I, I haven't got that much money to spend on some of these cases. But I'd be tickled pink to see a lot of people bring some of these laws up for challenge. I think they, they need to be. I think a lot of them are arbitrary and capricious and need challenging. Well, I... 
I was going to say. Like Joe is charging uh, one minute for a couple co- people to uh, people to uh, call in. That's not true. <laughs> I, uh, you guys I was in Oxford, Wisconsin, in a federal prison, and and I met some D.C. prisoners. They were in the District Columbia prison. When the District Columbia prison's full, what they do is they send them to the federal prison in Lawton, West Virginia. And now listen, this is a big scam because the ACLUF was in it. And a lot of private lawyers that they had hired were in this. And what they were doing is the D.C. law said after after the second hearing or 150-year sentence, you were automatically paroled, you see. And so what they were doing was they were holding these D.C. prisoners to federal guidelines and not the D.C. guidelines. And they were having these guys over up to like 10 15 years over their parole dates and hold them in the federal prison. And so the guy came to me one day, you know, and I didn't want to get involved in it for a long time, but then they did me a favor and I looked at the statute and I said, you guys, you guys have been suckered, all of you. And the ACLUF knows it and everybody else knows it. And so Anthony Barton was going up for parole. I filed a petition for mandamus before Chief Barbara Crabb in the seventh circuit. And uh, Barbara Crabb said, because the word said shall, it didn't say may or could, it said shall, and shall's a mandatory word. And so that means it must be complied with, and they weren't complying with it. And so I went before uh, Chief, you know, Barbara Crabb, and Barbara Crabb came out and made a ruling. She said, if when that guy has his hearing, if they don't hold him to the D.C. guidelines, she'll issue this mandamus. And right after that, all the states changed. All the Fed started letting getting everybody back under, and the ACLUF pulled out, and all the lawyers that were robbing everybody's money for years fighting this thing. They knew it was a mandamus, you know. Really? So now the problem is this: now they're trying to change what the word "shall" mean by interpretation. <laughs> How shall- do you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what they'll do. All right, I got Adam now. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pat him with Patrick. I gotta call him. Because like apparently they're saying that the, the, I guess some I guess some service providers are not allowing Wadpop's not letting them in. So uh, let me call Adam. He wants he's got something for you, Sarge, on this driver's license thing. So this guy he's very we studied this for years. He works for the city. All right, Adam. I think Please I got leave your brother. message for six one four five nine six one eight five five. Well, I got to recall him again. He went straight to voicemail. Why is it going straight to voicemail, Adam? We're all having these problems with the phones today. Uh, a lot of people yeah, from California trying to directly to the voicemail. Adam. Uh, I think Adam, we got it, Patrick. All right, I got you. I got you. I got you. It went straight to voicemail the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did, because when I went to pick it up instead of picking it up it decided to try and call you back it's this wow. is being very right. very strange it's very strange everyone's having problems with phones today uh, uh peter was telling me uh but i've got a retired state trooper on the phone here with uh with me right now and he's uh, can all right you can educate him about the he says you have got to have a driver's license to drive your vehicle automobile your motor vehicle in, in the state of illinois or he'll pull you over and take you to jail well of course he will <laughs> and that, that's because that's what they've been trained to do and no offense i'm sure that he believes that he means well but at what point did the right to travel 
on upon the highways that were designed for the benefit of the public, what time did that right become a privilege? And can we point to that? Okay. Is that a question for me? For the state sure. trooper, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I believe it became that when the state – when. Any particular state instituted a requirement for a license to operate a motor vehicle on the public highway. At that point, according to those states, it became a privilege. So who who consented to allow the the corporation government to convert a right into a privilege and then sell it back to the populace? The people did through their legislatures whom they elect to do such things. God help us. <laughs> <laughs> and and what happens when those legislatures have acted outside of that? Because the legislature was not permitted to revoke rights. Well, I would That's agree with you, and that is why we allegedly have a court system to redress such things as as the uh, uh, other caller just pointed out, through writs and petitions and court actions to redress them. And as far as I know, nothing in Illinois Vehicle Code that I have enforced has ever been deemed to be unconstitutional, either under state law or federal law or federal constitutional law. And I, I, would, and I agree with that. But it is also not in the court's interest to find it unconstitutional, as it is party to and profits from well, that's true. Because well, that's all true. of your, all of your, all of your officers' retirements and all, of, and, and I'm not trying to be hostile or a jerk or nothing like that. I get what you're saying, but there, it's not in their personal interest as the retirements of these judicial officers, whether it be the agents of the pro- prosecutors or the judges or whatever. A lot of the. Uh, money that goes into their retirement plans and, and funds the the police departments and all of that, they come out of these fines taking from the people. And in general, as a rule, due process is not afforded in any of those processes at all. True due process where a person has a right to face their accuser. How can a person face their accuser when the prosecutor is an agent representing a fictitious entity called the state of. Can I shake the state of's hand? Can I talk to him? Can I question him to see whether he really has aught with me? Can a fictitious entity called the state of file a claim of harm? Were they harmed in the process of any of that? Is there any equity to be made in in the claim that the state of makes when they do this, when they when they claim that they that I owe them some portion of my property and my labor for an event that that um, there was no harm done to anyone except the driver himself where you pulled him over under the threat of death. Every interaction with an officer when you turn on your emergency lights is threatening to kill him if he does not comply. That is implied in the action. Because if he does not stop, you will apply some form of force up to and including lethal force. Right? You so, know something? The, the argument you just advance is one I regularly advance whenever I tell people, oh, look, you better think twice about this law you're, 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 you're you know, endorsing. 
You are literally saying that in the act of enforcing this law, it is worth it that they may wind up killing somebody in the act of enforcing it, justifiably or unjustifiably. Do you really think this law is that important? I always ask that question. I agree. And and that's it's ridiculous because it places you in a position I don't envy officers at all. I really don't. I and I respect what you guys do to that degree. Um I, I don't I envy never, you having been put. I, I would never become right. a police officer under the environment that exists today. If the environment that exists today had been in place when I joined the became a police officer, I would never do it today. Never, never. I never considered it. On the way I last Patriot that was just murdered there, uh, can you give us an update on that? Just sort of what you might know. I've been talking about it all night. Just maybe if you want to touch base on that, give you know, because that was all due respect to the family. Adam. Oh, I, I'm not sure. Oh, oh the uh, one that, that I posted to you. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I don't I don't know the exact circumstances of that. I'm not in contact with that family. That was something somebody sent to me, but essentially oh, okay. what is what is being suggested in that that instance was that that kid was targeted by police um because he's a he's known to be um acting in, as a state national. Now, of course the Department of Homeland Security has put out that in the NSA or whoever, whoever is operating these these uh, information systems at the top, are saying that all these sovereign citizen movement is a bunch of terrorists and we're all out to kill everybody that that doesn't agree with government and they're they're trying to usurp government and all of that. And um, I actually ran into some of those discussions tonight, but. Um, yeah, so what's, that, what's the, going on with that? With the, the David Strait? Well, quite a large following. What, 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 how are they? Twenty-two million. Twenty-two million to to David Strait wow. direct. Um, wow. What he's quoting. Now, <clears throat> what these people are trying to do is trying to free themselves from being harassed by government at every level. If you look in the Declaration of Independence, one of the the chief complaints was that the king put forth uh, multitudes of agencies with swarms of agents to harass and eat out the substance of the people. That's what this government is doing, and they're doing it in spades. Um, and that's what the the actual um, the actual state national movement is trying to do is trying to get people to understand that. These legislatures and judiciary, they're all run by bar members. These bar members are using controversy. Controversy is money for them. And I don't think anybody, police or or individual people, we all know that these bar member attorneys are generally scumbags. They, they make their money on controversy. I don't think any of us would argue against that police or otherwise but what they have done is they've turned the police against the people and placed them into a impossible situation where they're being told to enforce and extract the labor of the population where there is no crime there is no crime to travel upon the road and doing one's own business 
is not a crime. Now, they have extracted and they took the right that was well known. You can, there are plenty of Supreme Court cases, and, and a lot of these um, state nationals have those cases that are listed that continuously say that, yes, it is a right. And it is written multiple times that any right that is trampled upon by our government, by their their codes and statutes, we can ignore those laws with impunity. Now, every person that attempts to do that obviously does that under their own uh, – there's consequences to trying to stand on that. And whether you get an officer that is more understanding or you get an officer that is belligerent and hostile, you know, that's kind of luck of the draw. Adam, Adam, um, why not yeah. why not why not just pay the driver's license fee, the registration and drive? What well, legally? I you do know, at least, you know, I do. I do because I work for the city of Columbus and it is a part of my um employment agreement with them that I have to have an active driver's license, so I have to do that to maintain my employment. Now, I, that being said, why not just do it? We could just do it and comply because we are not doing so because it is the right thing to do. We're doing so so as to not be accosted by the government mafia agents and and that are being employed on the road. It's road piracy is what it is. Um, and yeah. because you're, 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 you're pulling people over on the side of the road under the threat of death, you're telling them, I will kill you if you do not stop. You're forcing them to sign a contract or be abducted because it is a contract that you're signing. You agreed to pay or appear to settle this debt. You're agreeing to a debt. It's a negotiable instrument you're signing. It's not a ticket. And the, the lack of understanding on both sides by the officer and the person receiving it that it is an actual contract has nothing to do with the law. It's a contract. And if we read it and understood that and understood how that's proceeding, every transaction is commerce. It's not criminal. It's commerce. It's banking. And you can – right now, the way I would handle it if I were a state national is I would kindly tell the officer, just give me a ticket. I'll deal with it in court because it, explaining this – this conversation to an officer who's literally just doing his job and he doesn't know he has no idea what you're telling him and he's been actually told to believe that you're full of shit and that you're going to kill him if you get a chance that's what they're telling these officers i know that's what they're yep. telling them they're dangerous yep. on the side of the road they're going to kill you so they're literally they're pitting the people against each other because it is if I, I believe that if police officers understood what these people were actually trying to do, they're actually doing something that would benefit the whole of society if we could get everyone to do it, including the officers. Isn't it a good thing? We don't want people out there driving drunk, running stop signs, doing 90 miles an hour. I mean, Adam, you see how many jackasses are on the road today. I mean, I see them all the time. I'm like, look at this guy, idiot driving. He's going to kill kill somebody. You know, I mean, I, I want the cops out there pulling these idiots over, you know? Right? Well, I think I mean, Adam I is that saying up. that it is possible to enforce 
uh, have rules against those things without requiring a driver's license. I, I believe that's what you're, you're saying, right, Adam? That would be exactly right, because a crime is still a crime whether you have the license or not. Do licensed individuals commit crimes? Absolutely they do. So I'm so glad that the government saw fit to create a license for cosmetology because, damn, I almost got murdered by that deficient woman trying to do my hair one day when she accidentally stuck a pair of scissors on the side of my neck because she wasn't properly trained. Come on. Come on. The license isn't saving anything. The license okay. is the government no, taking their cut of everything. That's, that's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. Wow, yeah. yeah. What do you think, Peter? <laughs> Well, I think the, uh, you know, we have a saying that the lawyer always present, always paid the per- perfect parasite of social corpus. <laughs> uh, uh, you Damn know, straight. I, I, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I get it. I get it. You know, it, it's, you know, it's all it, it's rigged. Like uh, he's saying about the bar, you got to understand that you, you and I don't get to say anything at a bar grievance hearing, really, except to present our case. And who do we present it to? A bunch of lawyers. And why are we presenting it to them? Well, they're the experts in the field. They can only judge themselves. We can't judge them. It's rigged from the beginning. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Well, at every step of the way of that transaction, you are the witness is the officer taking the report. The officer becomes the witness in court who is state of, the prosecutor's state of, the judge's state of, and there you are standing by yourself. And if you have a if you have a attorney with you, that attorney's first duty is to the court as an officer of the court because he's an undisclosed dual agent. Yeah, so wild. you have zero chance. Yeah. Well, well there I, is know, no I, I, do agree, I do agree with the idea that, you know, we don't need any more than we needed uh, priests to interpret the word of the Bible and the word of Jesus Christ to the lay population. We don't need high priest lawyers to interpret the law for us, at least with regard to a general understanding. Now, maybe we need them for things like motions and writs and to see that all the paperwork and the administrative stuff is done properly. But to understanding the basics of the law, any reasonably well-educated or intelligent person who is literate should be able to understand what is the plain text of the law. And I think to some extent, uh, lawyers are using the law as though they were priests in a high temple, and I don't like that at all. They're using it as a means of control and to funnel wealth, absolutely. They're telling you, you are too ignorant to do this, therefore you got to pay me to do it. That's true. And they get paid whether they succeed or not. They are the only group of people who has an entire profession where you have a guarantee of absolutely nothing. Yeah. 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 So you're right about that, and uh, I think that is one of the things that people need to address. Now, look, in a country based on the rule of law, obviously you've got to have lawyers because this country is based on the rule of law. We don't have the rule of kings. We rejected the divine right of kings, so it's been replaced by the rule of law. That's supposed to rule in this country. So we got to have lawyers, but these lawyers have become, in many cases, so unethical and so me, corrupt, yep. up to the point of me, illegality and oftentimes over that line that, yes, yeah, something needs to be done to address it. Let me tell you about a case. Right. Where it, it is the judiciary. Yeah, the Bar Association the judiciary. You have the right to counsel. You never had the right to an attorney. And the the difference between – 
Hang on, Adam. Hang on, Peter. Go ahead. Hang on, Peter wants to tell us about a case real quick. Real quick. Go ahead, I'm Peter. Not, but what Adam, the Sixth Amendment of the Constitution says you have a right to counsel. It never said what counsel was. It was the Supreme Court that interpreted it had to be competent counsel, an ordinary lawyer trained in law. But there's a case up here in Connecticut of a man named Michael Kendall. And Michael Kendall has had 14 public defenders in the last 10 years fighting his case, maybe almost 18 years now. I studied his case for 12 years. And and they've taken one lawyer alone, took over $162,000 from the state and never, never filed a single motion. Then it went to another lawyer. He fired that one. It went to another lawyer. They, and all these public defenders in the state have done nothing but steal money from the state, done nothing primarily for this guy. And this guy's probably innocent. Yeah. The primate, so public defenders, I have watched public defenders get people's children taken away. Public defenders get people thrown Because all they do, they're there to speed up the process. They have nothing to do with actually trying to defend anything. Public defender is just a title. But yeah, again, them, they, are the state, they, they aren't even undisclosed dual agency. They're hired by the state. So everyone involved is the state but you. Everyone. Yeah. We call well, obviously, people. you don't have to have an attorney, uh, strictly speaking, uh, to, to represent you in court, because otherwise there wouldn't be such a thing as a pro se defense. No, I mean, you know, do you know that? Here's, here's the great thing about pro se, and words matter. They hang on. Everything is legalese, right? Every little word they use means something. So let me ask you, can you – Represent yourself. Uh, you, I mean, no. that, you mean again, again, present yourself literally is what that means. Again, present yourself, exactly. So I can't, an attorney can represent you. Can you represent you? No, you are you. That, that's, it's a play on words. So what they do when they ask you, are you representing yourself? They're turning you into agent and agency, which makes you subject to. You are now an officer of the court if you represent yourself because you're acting as an attorney agent for your own self. Yeah, of reasoning. Okay. So when you say pro se, pro se is the same. You have a pro se tutor. Okay. You are yeah, acting in agency as pro se. So the actual word is sue juris is the word you're looking right, for, okay. and you insist okay. on it. All right. All right. Well, Adam, well, we're back to you... this now. We have, we have a young man that's is murdered. That... Okay. What are we going to do about it? What, what do they say? What's David Strait? And his, he's got quite a following. What are they going to do about this? I mean, how many more people have to die I... in this country? So here's the deal. I've got David Strait, and I I question some of what David Strait does and teaches. I'm going to put that out front. But a lot of the information that David Strait puts out is truth. It is. Um, As far as the history of it and the actual standing of a man or a woman versus agency and corporation, those things are true. Um, And I get a lot of information from David Strait, and I'm glad that he brings it out. Now, I just got off a phone call this morning with a man named John Gentry out of Tennessee. Um, I spent – i I've never talked to the man before yesterday, and 
I I was familiar with his work, but he is leading something that he he laid out to me in a in a very very long conversation this morning that I think is very promising and that he's restoring the ability to bring remonstrance back to the legislature of the state of Tennessee and he wants other states to do that too and I know you probably remember uh Shannon and some others that we used to talk to about this um yes, process yes. and it's something that's been lost since the 1800s where we could actually bring our grievances directly to the legislature, to the House, and to the Senate of our states. And he well, showed me some doing things. Shows we, on it, Adam. We've been doing po- the past two right. weeks. We've been doing podcasts. He showed me something very interesting, though. He showed me some remonstrances from the 1800s. And it's what what was in these things was like i have a issue where the state tried to take a hundred dollars from me and i think i ought to be paid back for it and stuff like that they were dealing with this stuff that is in the courts right now they were dealing with it on the house uh, uh in the senate floors and remedying what? these people on the floor the, the same things that we're now now having to go through lawsuits for and they just line item take care of the problem and it's done no fees no attorneys no nothing that's what remonstrance was did it it was the common practice of the day well what they've done now is they make it uh, a state tort claim right now you got to go through this legal process you got to file eighteen thousand papers with a clerk you got to go through a judge you got to get a hearing and then you got a preliminary and then you got to have more lawyers do this and that it's about the attorneys it's the bar it never wow. had to be that way it wasn't supposed to be that way so they removed this process during the civil war because the remonstrances started being used um, largely to complain about slavery for or against and they got tired of hearing about it they were being inundated with it so they stopped the practice and they reinstituted it sometime after the civil war but by that time most people had forgotten the process and certainly by the industrial age and the roaring 20s where everything was good people didn't really need it didn't want it had forgotten about it whatever and it just got lost we forgot and now the government doesn't think they have to listen to the people that's not our job if you've got a problem take it to the court that's my next point adam okay six ten of us a hundred of us we got our remonstrance well they just say go to hell you ain't coming in here what do we do it, it literally used to be joe schmo on his farm was wronged by the government they came out and took his mailbox out for $15. What are you going to do about it? Well, let's give him his $15 and move on. Next. That's that's how it used to work. But what if they don't want to go back to that, Adam? What do we do? They don't want to go back to that. They don't want to hear from you. You're right. And that's what John Gentry is doing. Now, he he's restoring that or, or working very hard to. And I, and I would say to your listeners and to everyone on, on this call, that is a process that might be very well looked something to look into something that i have kind of i've kind of dismissed it probably as you have and stuff because we've known people who put in remonstrance and they just ignore it exactly they're not ignoring john gentry 
They're not ignoring Why? him. He's already had judges removed because he he has a platform and he's not screwing around. He doesn't back okay. down. He comes back at them. And I in the way he does it, I in some ways I I even asked him straight up. I was like, how is it that that you get away with what you do and you haven't been disappeared yet? <laughs> and he well, says, well, he, but, but Adam, these females that were working on these remonstrance claims, Sarah, all these girls that we knew a couple years ago, they were they, they were making it seem like it was a book, you know, like it was some kind of book they were putting together, you know. And, what and they do, they do that know? because they don't. What's that? Does anybody know what happened to Lisa Mitchell? <laughs> Lisa, explain who Lisa Mitchell is real quick, Peter, because these guys don't know who she is probably. Go ahead. Well, Lisa Mitchell was working in Colorado. She got a lot of judges removed for sex trafficking, for causing uh, uh, ch- children's youth service, stealing these kids. And all of a sudden, she's disappeared. Nobody can find her. She's gone. She's off the yeah, map. Yeah, And she was a good oh. friend of ours. She came on my show many times. She yeah, was I gone. heard her. Was that she was, yeah, was dynamic, and she was powerful. But she's yeah, missing. Yeah, she was good. She was real good. Hmm. I mean, she's literally missing. Well, <laughs> that, I, I think right now we're we're at an error. We're at a crossroad conversations today. I was telling Joe that I've been on the phone all day today. We are at a crossroads where this country is going to change dramatically one way or another. We're either going to be enslaved or we're going to be free. Right. It's coming to a head because um, a lot of people are awakening. Like I said, David Strait's got 22 million. So it that's not shrinking, it's growing. So the police can try to stem that. They can try to force it down. They can assassinate one dude on the side of the road if that's what happened in this other case. I, I can't say one way or another. I'm not in direct contact with that family, but I know what they're alleging. They're alleging that officers turned their body cams off before they started that stop, and somehow this boy ended up shot and dead. Um, so if that's well, true, I, every one of them should be put up for murder. Every one. What was he? What, yeah. What was he working on? He was. He was. He had already gone through the process of becoming a state national. He was a state national. Wow. Um, and he was assassinated on the side of the road, as, as alleged. Um, so yeah, it is alleged that he got a passport card. He got all this. Because I, I met a guy. Remember, I told you. I told Peter this. I tell everybody this. I met a guy years ago. Figured out the whole system, and they came and they knocked on his door and said, "Knock it off. Take down your website, or we're going to kill you and your family." And this guy was petrified. And but he showed me all. I, I had all the paperwork, and it shows everything about, you know, your birth certificate, your money in the bank, how the banks get their money, I mean, everything. And you, it's wicked creepy. And uh, I'm talking about it goes into satanic yeah. worship, the devil. I mean, I'm talking about there's some scary stuff in there, you know. And uh, but uh, and he was scared. There's, he was petrified, man, you know. 
there is something that makes me suspicious of the movement. Why is David Strait allowed to speak where nobody else is? Yeah, right. <laughs> Why is he not taken down? That is yeah. the thing that – so are, are people being led to the slaughter here? I don't know. There's yeah. something that – there's something about it. All right, that that just I love what he puts out, but why is he allowed to speak and nobody else is? And this Adam, is you got a bad feeling. You got a bad feeling about this. You got a bad feeling about this, and uh, something's going on. But listen, to what I'm I, saying, I, Joe, Joe and I have said this before, and I've told Joe already. Many of these people that have come on his program, and, and listen, I studied theology for for over thirty years. I have two doctors in theology, one in a PhD in world religion and one in religious education. And one thing I know is yeah. the book. And these guys come on, and, and they're saying they're with certain movements and this and that, but they're using scripture, and they don't know anything that they're saying is right. Nothing they're saying is correct. And I said to Joe one night, I said, Joe, believe this. A lot of these people are infiltrated, and these are infiltrators. And you better watch who you're talking to and what you're saying because they're just playing. And see, and when when the question came up with the last uh, ideal over Trump and a lot of that stuff and people backed off of, uh, you know, they said, well, we're not going to support Joe and what he's doing. You see, running for offices. And I said, Joe, you got to step back. You better take a good look at who's who. And so, right. you know, I don't know guy Davis Strader. I'm not down, I, you know, uh, deep into this at all. You know, I'm a pastor of a church. I, I tell the people, you know, that uh, uh, when when you can speak against evil, get up and speak against it, and, and uh, uh, you know, support the things that are that are biblically correct. And when the government tells you to go against the Bible, then then you got to stand up for God, and you just have to walk the other way. That's the way it goes. But uh, you 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 know, that's civil disobedience, and 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 that's called for in the Bible. Daniel did it, and, and so did Jake back in Abednego. And we, we're not going against the word of God, and the government's not going to put us against it. And so we stand for, you know, for for what's godly. But it, the truth is, like, you know, like I said, I'm I'm not familiar with a lot of this stuff. But one thing I know for sure, I believe a lot of this, a lot of these people are psyoping. You have to be very careful, like you said. You, they may be. I 100% agree. Yes, always be. I question everyone and everything. And I I try to point out the obvious, and I try to separate the opinions from the facts. And here's the other part of what you just said that I appreciate greatly. I view everything through the Creator's law. And you the law of the Creator. Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> I question everybody. There, there is, he, there he is nobody. Peter, Peter, he thought that was a fed. Right. <laughs> There was a moment there, yes. So, and that's just because of the way things were going down. I don't. It, here's and the other part of that too. You could, you know what, Joe? You could still be a Fed. Anyone could be a Fed. Anyone on this call could be a Fed. I could be a Fed for anyone knows. At yeah, some yeah, point, that paranoia, that paranoia will destroy us because it disunifies us. Look at what January sixth did to all these militia movements. Everyone they believes everyone's a damn threat. I know. Nobody can nobody can organize because nobody will trust anyone. And that's what it was designed to do. Well, that's exactly what it was designed. 
Yes. Absolutely. Did to it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Barry Croft. Yeah. Barry Croft and his Boogaloo Boys. But it's just the whole the whole thing. At some point, we have to decide. We're either going to move as a people to be free. Damn the torpedoes full speed ahead, right? That's what it said. Um, We can't can't allow the enemy to subdue and pacify the free will of the people. Um, And we can't allow them to infiltrate. They're infiltrations to make everybody an infiltrator because that's what it's doing. That's, That's what that whole thing is doing. I don't trust right. David Strait's stuff because for some reason he's allowed to speak, and I don't know why. And that makes me suspicious. Maybe he's above reproach. Maybe they're afraid to take him out for his movement. But maybe it's because he has Secret Service ties. He used to be Secret Service. He doesn't hide that. What, happened with, Mike? what I, happened with Mike down in Florida? Mike, he's National Commission. I could look you up with him, and now I'm thinking, well, now he just disappears. He doesn't want no part of anything. Did they scare him? Did they get to him? Uh, no, no, I'm still, I'm still in contact with Mike. Uh, in fact, he was in contact with me tonight. So that was oh. one of the conversations that I had. So now, again, none of these people I I can verify at at yeah. all because I'm 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 still at arm's length with the vast majority of them. Um, yeah. Just, but we have to. We have to, at some point, at some point, we have to understand what is really at stake here. I have, I have nine children invested in the future of this country, or what's that? If 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 we could even, I've lived my life as a slave at this point, right? I'm 46 years old. I've accomplished hardly nothing of my goals that I started out in life, and I have, I have nine children. So I'm not doing anything I do for me. I'm, my life's a wash, but yeah. my children still have a future, and Adam, they, Adam, they can the make something. You're the only one I trusted to get into my computer, so. <laughs> well, right, right, and, and that said something, too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, that was probably, because I think that was the event, the stuff that went on with that that whole thing made me question what was going on at your end. And then, yeah, you had me go in and look at what was going on and that kind of smoothed that over. But yeah, the, the <clears throat> these situations that we find ourselves in, these darkness, it, the deception is great. That darkness that is overclouding and dividing all of us is massive. And I have no doubt that this is 99% of spiritual war. Like, I don't have any oath with any police officer for doing what it is they think they're doing. They are doing what's right by them. They are not yeah. being taught the right, just as the vast majority of the population isn't being right, taught right by them. Now, I will further the freedom and life and liberty and pursuit of happiness for myself, for my family, and even for that officer, even if he doesn't know it. He doesn't know that I'm working for his family, too, because at the end of the day, his family's being enslaved and imprisoned just like mine. Yeah, he doesn't know that. Yeah. Hey, we got to get closing thoughts here. They're going to cut me off. So closing thoughts. Uh, Adam, I'll let you go last since you came in last. Uh, 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 sorry, sure. you go first. 
Well, we've had a lot of food for thought here tonight, and I think it's all uh, been a uh, very, uh, very stimulating. I mean, I'm you know a lot, lot to consider, a lot to digest. Um, there's, there's, I, I think what we're essentially witnessing, and I'm oversimplifying a bit when I say this, but I think it's really a tension between the libertarian side of liberty in the Constitution and the representative republic side of the Constitution, and there's always room to have that tension rebalanced. So let's see where the argument goes, and let's see what arguments can be made before the court, and perhaps all of us can come to a new understanding or a slightly different one. There you go. Peter? Well, I want to thank you, gentlemen. A dynamic program. I, I'm getting well-educated uh, in these things. There's a lot that I don't know. I've studied law for many years also. I'm a paralegal. You know, I went to Ohio University and studied under Professor Marinelli constitutional law. And uh, I'm finding a lot of this very, very interesting, and, and I'm learning some things. But uh, as a, a Christian and a Baptist, I'm a good Baptist. We believe, you know, praise the Lord, pass the ammo. So, <laughs> Amen. But I want to thank you. I want to ask you guys to pray for me because on the 23rd of March, I have to go in for uh, a surgery. My carotid artery on the right side of my neck is 99% clogged. And usually they don't operate after 70%. So I'm going to let them in. We're going to see what happens, what the Lord does. And uh, so keep that in prayer for me. And I'll keep praying for you all. God bless you. And you have a good night. Thank you for uh, allowing me to be a part of the program, Joe. Yeah, I'm going to say a prayer at the end here after Adam's closing thoughts. So uh, if you guys want to stick around here, just a quick prayer at the end. Adam, closing thoughts, man. Well, as we move forward and we're watching things unfold, the, the chaos that is becoming our lives, I highly encourage people to take a step back, realize that your neighbors are not your enemy here. That is the number one thing. Police are not the enemy of the people. People are not the enemy of the police. You're you're friends of another race. There are no races. We're all human beings. So all all of this division and divide that is being created by servants who have now declared themselves the masters, they are doing that so that all that they, they, the infamous they, whoever they is, because it's not Washington, D.C., it's whoever's controlling those puppets. But <clears throat> the infamous day, all that they bring down on us to make us think that all of the problems, all of the taxation, all of the inflation, all of the destruction of our, our way of life is not because they are doing things they shouldn't be doing well outside of the contract that we, the people, have with these governments no it's your neighbor it's it's because your your neighbor is black or your neighbor is gay or your neighbor is a cop or your neighbor's those are the people that are against you be a victim you're a victim of this guy you're a victim of that guy no you're not you're not look and see who your enemy truly is take a step back who's telling you that Who's telling you who your enemy is? I can tell you that whoever's telling you who the enemy is, that's your enemy. And that's where we need to focus. Wow, that's, that's, that's about all I got. 
Yeah, man. Hey, thanks as always for joining us, Adam. Tuesday night, hopefully you join us. Uh, I'll work out whatever time works best for you. Uh, we're doing the, the remonstrance. We got I got a guy on there that's coming on. It might be your guy that you talked to, actually, another guy, too. Uh, but anyway, I just want to pray us out real quick. I'll talk to you online about that. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. Uh, dear Lord, we beseech you, almighty God, that the words which we have heard uh, this day with our outward ears may through the, thy grace be so grafted inwardly in our hearts that they may bring forth in us the fruit of good living to the honor and praise of thy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, I pray for Peter and uh, for his uh, uh, operation there. I know we talk many times on the phone, but uh, I, don't, I usually don't say the prayers. Usually he says the prayers. So, uh, But I want to say, Father, the, Father God, thank you for, uh, that you have revealed your love to us today um, through this meeting. And uh, we invite you to send us out from here in the power of the Holy Spirit, fan into flame the gifts that you have given us. Come reveal your grace and truth to us each day. And... Uh, 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 to uh, touch our souls. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, mm-hmm. guys, I want to say uh, thank you. Thank you. It was a great, uh, great podcast, man. Um, I guess uh, uh, Tuesday night. Hey, guys, take me safe. I'll just play a little song here at the end, but go ahead and hang up. Uh, God bless you guys. Take care. Be safe. They're going to hang up anyway.